Smashing the Plateau. I'm David Schreiner-Khan with Going Solo. In this show, we discuss building your own successful business after a long career as an employed professional. Confidence is so important and you can get that through community, you know, being reminded that you have valuable skills by the people who want to learn it from you. Today on episode 105 of Going Solo, I'm speaking with the founder of Circle, Charlotte Jaff. Seeing the negative impact of ageism in the workplace, Charlotte decided to take action that would create mutual benefit across generations. Stay with us to hear all the details. If you'd like to share your story on going solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Now let's welcome Charlotte Jap. Charlotte is the founder of Circle, a company that connects older and younger professionals for mutual personal and professional growth. After graduating from Georgetown University, Charlotte started her career in creative marketing and saw the consequences of age segregation in the workplace. Older and younger professionals needed to connect and learn from each other, but had no way to meet. Circle makes networking across generations seamless, inspiring, and impactful, working with both individuals and corporations to bridge the gap. Charlotte was named one of Next Avenue's 2020 Influencers in Aging and a 2020 Gen to Gen Innovation Fellow. She has been featured in publications like the New York Times and spoken internationally about the magic of connecting generations. Charlotte, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, David. Well, I talked a little bit about in the introduction about your background. Um, Can you be a little more specific on what actually triggered you to start Circles? Yeah. So when I was growing up, I saw both my parents get pushed out of their corporate jobs. Uh, When it happened to my dad, I was really young. So I didn't, I didn't really experience it fully, but it was a story that he would tell us as we got older and that history of knowing that he got pushed out kind of stayed with me. It kind of parked itself in the back of my brain and it sort of influenced the way that I saw work. And then when my mom got pushed out, I was 18. So it was a much more visceral experience for me. And it it was sort of interestingly enough, it happened in a very similar time period to when she lost her mother. And the grieving process was kind of identical. It was this loss of like purpose, identity. She had been at the company for 12 years. It really was a part of who she identified with. And when I saw that close up, And realizing that I was kind of coming into adulthood, it started kind of ringing bells, like this might be something that you need to be thinking about. And then I went off to college and I graduated and I came back to live with my parents, as a lot of young people do after college. And it was this really interesting experience where I was living with my parents as roommates, you know, like adult, new new relationship with your parents. I was also going to work at a hot young company in Brooklyn named Vice. If anyone is familiar with Vice, they make great documentaries, uh, really good news journalism. But when I was working there, the average age was 28. So I had this polarizing experience of having breakfast with my parents, talking about what we're respectively working on, giving advice, you know, asking for their input. They would ask me for input on something that they were working on and then going off to Brooklyn and being surrounded by other kids, basically. And so when my managers, you know, it took a few months to realize, you know, I was waiting for onboarding. I was waiting for job training. I was waiting to be assigned perhaps a mentor or a natural kind of connection to arise with someone who would teach me the ropes and that never happened. So I kind of went back to my parents 
and look to them for help. I wanted to know about asking for a raise. How do I have a hard conversation when I'm, you know, maybe butting heads with a colleague? How do I just navigate work when my only, well, my previous experience was doing a liberal arts degree in college. So there was a fair amount of kind of transitioning that I needed to do. And they were instrumental in helping me with that process. And then my parents were as a result of being pushed out and the ages and the experience, they were launching their own businesses and working from home. So the mentorship worked both ways. I was helping them. I was introducing them to interesting software that maybe had been introduced since the time that they were like setting up their own, you know, workspaces at their companies and they were kind of building everything from the ground up. So I gave them a lot of insights on social media, promoting their businesses and staying up to date on the industries that they worked in from a more grassroots perspective. And so that was like my personal eureka moment and realizing that there were more people like me who wanted to meet older professionals to learn from them, but there were also older professionals who are going to work much longer than generations have in the past. And they wanted to meet young people, but they just didn't know where they could find them and have a very kind of facilitated, but natural connection. And that mentorship was changing. So that was, that was the impetus for creating Circle. So then you created a framework for actually doing this. Yeah. So the first step was, especially given that I didn't know it was going to be a business at the time, I just wanted to create those intergenerational spaces. And with my experience in marketing, I knew how to put on a great event. So that was, in my mind, the light bulb, like, okay, let's use what I got, which is event production experience. And I put up a really fun first circle event in New York at the Bowery Poetry Club. And it was basically the best party I've ever been to because it had all these interesting people in the room, people who never normally are socializing in the same room, you know, on the weekend or Friday night. I think it was a Tuesday, but, you know, it was a different experience and people didn't really know why they they were sort of being brought there. I think I did a lot of begging of my friends to show up and their parents to show up. But what it turned out to be was an incredible night of sharing experiences. We had one amazing speaker from the publishing industry. She shared the evolution of her career in the industry from paperback books to magazine publishing to now she's in digital media. And she gave a presentation with, you know, slides and a very like personal kind of look at what it means to have a a long career and how you have to adapt throughout. And that was very relevant for the young people in the room and the older people in the room. And then we did a networking game called the circle game and had drinks. And and at the end of the night, we had to turn the lights on everyone because they wanted to stick around. They hadn't had these kind of conversations before. And it was like opening a door can of worms. (laughs) So, so that was the first iteration of circle basically doing these events in New York and then in other cities across the U S. Yeah. How did you feel as you were planning the first event when you had no idea what would actually transpire? Oh my gosh. It was so nerve wracking. I literally had night sweats like the week leading up to it. I think I was nervous because I was testing out an idea. I was putting my face in front of the business. You know, it was very much me reaching out to friends, colleagues, friends, parents, my parents' friends, anyone that I could kind of reach to bring into this experience. And it was terrifying. And it was like, very, it felt very personal. And I felt like I was being really vulnerable. I remember having a moment before I went on stage to welcome everyone and kind of do the introduction. 
And I thought to myself, why am I doing this to myself? I'm pushing myself to go on stage, to explain why everyone's brought here today, to explain what my belief was in bringing generations together. And uh, it went well, thankfully, but it's a terrifying experience. (laughs) Yeah, talk about about vulnerability. And you weren't, at this point, it wasn't a business. You were still working full-time. Yep. Right, which meant if you exposed yourself in a way that might have some kind of negative repercussions, um, I imagine you must have feared that it would also have some kind of influence on your on your job. Yeah, actually, I remember driving over to the venue from my job, and I worked in a very creative industry and a creative team. So there was a sense of like, oh, you're doing something on the side, and that was actually really accepted because everyone should be constantly, you know, expressing their creativity in other ways and. So that was cool. And actually one of my coworkers helped me set it up that day. And I was so grateful for that. But it was, I mean, especially as I got more successful, it became a tough line to walk between the thing that was giving me real energy, you know, this circle project that was going to become a business. But like, that was what I got up for in the morning, but then I would go to work and I had to, I felt like I was playing this role, you know, where I really had to like do both. And that was really difficult. I think I'll always, I think I'll say that for the rest of my life. Like it was, it was so hard to do both. And, and I even, you know, I continue to do some work on the side from circle now and like, that's hard too. (laughs) So it's, it's never quite easy, but maybe that's the point. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, probably is the point, but um, entrepreneurship is, uh, is hard enough when that's all you're focused on. But if you actually have a, um, a job as an employee at the same time, you really end up getting your energy split and your, and in some ways your, your mindset is also very split. It's a different mindset being an employee versus being an entrepreneur. So congratulations that you managed to pull it off and, um, and get circled off the ground as a business. Thank you. Yeah. At what point did, did it occur to you that it actually had the potential to become a business? I think people started asking me because I was doing all these events. It was kind of like a every other month thing. And I remember having a drink with one of the speakers at the event. And he was like, is this something you want to do like more than just these events? And I think my first gut reaction was like, no, no, like this is really just something because I'm, I believe in the mission and I love how we help people. But I think the spark when it was like, we need to be turning these events into something bigger was where the feedback came from the audience and they were asking for a more curated way to meet people in the room and to have a more one-on-one experience and a more targeted experience based on the type of people they were looking to meet. And so I wasn't going to run around a room full of people I don't even know and try to figure out who needs to meet whom. But instead, I was like, this is actually something we could be doing on a bigger scale by creating a platform for introductions. And you don't actually need the event. You need maybe events sprinkled in like we do now. But what we created was a membership structure where the members are always introduced one-on-one to someone outside of their age group and that the introductions are very contextualized. So we're getting all that information up front. So it's not a blind, you know, two people meet. It's 
who needs to be meeting this person? What are they both getting out of it? How are they teaching each other and sharing knowledge that really needs to be shared and probably wouldn't be found through their existing peer groups and circles? So, so that was the thing. And I think that's the best lesson that I've learned along the way. Just keep listening to the people that you want to serve and they will tell you, you know, if they want to be helped and you're there to help them, you just have to ask the right questions and keep asking. Yeah, that's a great point. So the first thing you offered that was paid was uh, an ongoing membership? Yeah. And the events were ticketed and I did want to kind of, I think they were priced at like 15 to $20. So it wasn't a cheap ticket. And it was because we offered, you know, some great programming plus drinks and snacks, like things that actually cost money. And I think that was a way of establishing that this is a, an event that you come to and you bring intention. You bring a little bit of skin in the game because you've paid for the ticket. You're not turning up without any thinking or motivation. And it's the same thing with the membership. There are a ton of communities like Slack communities where you might be able to just jump in for free and, and check out who's talking, whatever. But for us, we wanted everyone to come with the mindset of, I'm here to meet people. I'm here to share my knowledge. I'm here to learn, continue learning. And you know, my story is just beginning regardless of age. So the membership structure is a subscription model business where members are paying $55 a month or $264 for a year. And every month that they're with us, they get that new introduction. And then we're adding new features all the time, like helping people reconnect after a successful meeting, providing events, which we've always done, but now we're virtual and uh, giving them resources, you know, recordings of the events, interesting articles or help with how to pivot industries or start a new career. So we're always trying to add more to the membership, but that baseline of connecting is, has stayed with us. Yeah. That's, um, it's a really important theme. So Charlotte, let's talk a little bit about the experience that your parents or other people in your membership community have where they're getting pushed out of corporate because A, it is quite common. It's, um, I think, more common than many people realize. There are statistics that indicate that for, for professionals over the age of 50, there's more than a 50% likelihood that they're going to get pushed out of a job at some point. And we know that there is um, significant ageism in the workplace. It is not necessarily so simple to replicate an employed position even if that's what you want. And for many workers at that point in their career, what they actually want is more control over what they do, when they do do it, how they do it, who they serve. And um, a common trajectory is to become self-employed at that point. So what have you learned through what you've done with, with Circle about how folks like this can accelerate the rate of success of becoming self-employed. Yeah. I mean, that statistic is one that I use all the time and it always shocks people, you know, people who are not kind of paying attention to these data points, but it's such a real example of the ageism that is systematic. You know, it's, it's now becoming embedded into how people should be planning their careers. So Yes, we see a lot of our members. So our membership is primarily millennials, Gen Xers, and boomers. They make up about 95% of the membership. And then we have a little bit of Gen Z and a little bit of silent generation who are older than boomers. And we're seeing, especially around 40s, is when people start to kind of get the itch, like, am I going to be able to be in this job 
for the next 20 years? I don't think so. I'm already getting the feeling that I'm the older end of the age spectrum in my office. And then we're seeing members come to us within the transition. You know, maybe they're in their 50s or 60s or even 70s and they want to keep going and they recognize that they have experience but maybe it's not being validated by the job market. You know, they've probably tried applying for some roles, kind of waffled about whether they should be putting their graduation date from college on the resume and trying to kind of game the system because the system is like pivoted against or rigged against, you know, hiring these older professionals. So, you know, David, we spoke on our previous call about the challenge that not everyone wants to be an entrepreneur or a solopreneur or like be outside of that traditional corporate structure. And that's, that's really frustrating because it shouldn't be the case that you're forced into being a solopreneur because you want to keep working. And that's the only option on the other side, though, there are benefits to working for yourself. And I think the pandemic has actually, I'm kind of optimistic. I'm an optimist. So my take is the pandemic has forced a new flexible approach to work that actually allows for more inclusivity. And what I mean by that is if you maybe had a layoff during the pandemic and you're exploring other options, a lot of people are in the same boat and it's kind of become the norm that people are recalculating, you know, as Lindsay Pollack says, or like rethinking what you want to be getting out of your career. And even if you wanted to work part-time for at a job or something, you could be doing that with flexible hours. You could be doing that remotely and remotely would be more friendly for the lifestyle that you want. And obviously all of that flexibility is baked into solopreneurship or entrepreneurship. So I think to see it with a positive outlook, it is a good moment to be working longer and kind of continuing your career on your own terms. But yes, there's a lot of learning that needs to happen. And like I mentioned about my parents, Sometimes you have to just kind of take the whole grassroots approach of like, I'm starting a business. What are the basics? I need to get, you know, a laptop or a computer. What is the computer that's going to be best for my business that I want to launch? I need some software. What's the software on the market right now that's best suited for what I want to build? And and some of those things are kind of like, you just need to talk to people who are more on the early end of that industry because they're the ones with the ear to the ground. And it's easier than kind of, plotting through Reddit channels or, you know, Googling, you know, what should I be using for, you know, my flower business or whatever. Like, it's really great when you can talk to someone who has complementary experience to your own, especially in that transition. Right. Which is a scenario where the kinds of relationships that you have structured in Circle can benefit the older workers who are becoming entrepreneurs. Exactly. We have a ton of entrepreneurs, new entrepreneurs, and they're, they have that mindset, the growth mindset. They're sort of ready to take in like a sponge, all the information they can get. And they recognize that it might not come from someone their own age or peer group, but rather someone younger who's, again, like closer to the, the entry level of those industries where that knowledge is just baked in. So I think that sort of intention that I mentioned earlier the lifelong learning and growth mindset, all of those things are really important when you're starting a business because starting a business is basically one long like degree. You're learning business. <laughs> like I'm learning business every day and, um, and all those little facets underneath it are so important. So you just have to get the right um, conversations to unlock that knowledge. 
Right. And it sounds like also one, one of the things you're suggesting is be really clear on what your strengths are. You've built up all these skills and experiences over many years. Understand what your core value is and where you need support and just identify what you need and go out and find it. Yeah. I have a theory that, well, so I'll say one of the things I've seen from the members coming to us is there's a definite lack of confidence given the amount of experience they do have. And I think that comes from the really tricky job hiring situation where you start to feel like these decades of experience are not standing out or they're not making me look as amazing as I am. And so part of what we do is actually interview each member and write a little bio about them so that when they are introduced to someone, their best assets are coming up to the surface and all of their experience really shines, which is something that we don't always do when we introduce ourselves. We sort of downplay all of our attributes. So that's a really important piece. Right. Particularly if you've you've been pushed out, you may feel like you're undervalued. Yeah, exactly. And so we want to make everyone feel that they bring value to the table. And so that's a really important piece. So I think confidence is so important and you can get that through community, you know, being reminded that you have valuable skills by the people who want to learn it from you. I mean, that's what we're doing. We're connecting the puzzle pieces and curation. I think when we're busy people, as we all are, you don't want to sift through endless pages online of documents or, you know, tips and tricks. You want the curated information that you need. And that's the other thing that we provide. Yeah. Well, congratulations, Charlotte, on, um, identifying a need, tapping into it, and having the courage to step forward, including the times that you've just, you know, you expressed during our discussion about making yourself vulnerable to to get Circle started. As I said, you clearly tapped into something people need and uh, and want. Thank you. You know, we've covered a lot of ground about um, employment, entrepreneurship, transitions, relationships, and how it plays plays out with different generations. If someone wants to go deeper with anything we've discussed or access some of the resources that you have, where would they go? Where's the best place? I'd recommend going to our website, which is www.circle.co. So C-I-R-K-E-L dot C-O. And there you'll be able to read more on how it works, You know what the process looks like. If you're a member, you can apply to join just by telling us some little tidbits about your life. And then from there, we take you up on a onboarding interview. But I would just start off by checking out the website and uh, learning more about Circle. Sounds great. Well, Charlotte, thank you again for taking the time to join us today on Going Solo. My guest today has been the founder of Circle, Charlotte Jap. Thank you again, Charlotte, for joining us. Thanks so much. When you visit the Going Solo website, you'll find a summary of each episode along with the links we mentioned on the show. Today, we learn the importance of connecting older and younger professionals and much more. If you'd like to share your story on Going Solo, please get in touch with me at smashingtheplateau.com. Remember to subscribe on whatever platform you listen on and leave a review if you can. Thank you for taking the time to listen to our show. I'll see you on our next episode.